genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we try not to get any Spider-Man 3 on us as we <laughs> analyze and celebrate it. <laughs> one uh, one phys- physicist, not biologist, minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And from Escape from New York Minute and Flash Gordon Minute, I'm Eric Deutsch. Welcome back, Eric. Good to be back. Good to be back in the in the. The doctor's the in the wrong doctor's lab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so today we are talking about minute sixty-seven, which begins uh, with Peter and Doctor Kurt Connors in a lecture hall, an empty lecture hall, uh, and ends with Peter opening the trunk containing the symbiote suit. Oh um. So a couple of questions straight off the bat here. Number one, you can tell that they're trying to save money anywhere they can because why would they be doing this in a lecture hall? <laughs> but you know what they had the set so let's just they had the set and they had uh they had this guy for one day so let's just go ahead and shoot all his stuff and let him go uh <laughs> and, and saving money by not having a second character that pete should be going to uh-huh uh, oh right. we've already got yeah. this actor we're already paying him let's not bring a second actor on and have to give them the salary uh you know yeah he's a physicist but all right whatever well, yeah. but, but now, now here's the here's my the second thing. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Kirk Connors is one of the most well known biologists in all of Marvel Comics. That's that's his specialty. That's literally his that's specialty because that's why he does the experiment with the lizard DNA to rebuild his arm. I I don't. I don't understand why they made him a physicist other than the fact that like they're suggesting that the reason that he turns himself into the lizard is because he started messing around with things he didn't understand. <laughs> I It's also weird in this like world we've set up where people just like study science and that means they can <laughs> know all science, you know, like do, uh, Dr. Octavius said he just had a degree in science, right? Like no, no specialty at all. Um, Peter said he was studying science. Yep. But so, but now we at least admit we admit that like your degree doesn't cover everything that you should specialize something, and yet we specialize in exactly the wrong direction. What is this? Was he? I don't, es- was he established? I can't remember in Spider-Man Two as being when Octavius mentions him and when Pete's in his class as being a physicist. Did they establish what kind of? professor he was well i i think you can you can extrapolate because the paper that peter is writing for dr connor's class is by is based on otto octavius's work otto octavius is a physicist so you can extrapolate from there that that must mean that kurt is a physicist as well that he's teaching peter physics okay so they they back themselves into a corner in the second movie basically and just decided to say well to hell with it. We'll have him go to Connors anyway in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have the rights to the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's 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 a weird it's a weird choice. Um I I just I don't I don't understand. Like you could have instead of him saying I'm a physicist, not a biologist, but uh, instead of saying that, he could have been like, "Well, you know, despite uh, how, uh, despite the fact that I I teach physics here, uh, I am actually a biologist, and let me tell you, symbiotes are uh, not something you want to mess with. <laughs> like that, that, like whatever. Like it's the same line. Like it doesn't matter. Like they're both throwaway lines. At least one serves a purpose. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Or I'm a I'm a physicist, but I've decided I'm also going to get a second PhD in biology, and I'm working on that right now. Yeah. I don't. You know. Whatever. Yeah. There's a million things that you could have yeah. said. Um. So that's that's number two. Number three. Where did this symbiote sample come from? Uh, uh, <laughs> he cut a finger well, off the suit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it was. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Or in the way that the masks work in this universe, that there's like an overlapping uh, neck or something that he could like cut a little bit off of that, maybe. Okay, but but uh, okay, that's that's all well and good. However, um, I don't. Uh, this leads me to my next question: What's the deal with the suit? Is the suit entirely a symbiote, or is it a a, a symbiote-soaked suit? Because right. I don't... Because he was wearing the red one when he went to bed. Right. right. But he wasn't wearing a mask. But then he does yes. take it off as if it's just a regular fabric suit. It's obviously made of fabric. It's not like it, yeah. just, it just like, you know, drips off of him or, or what does whatever symbiote does off of him. It, it, it doesn't like melt off him or turn into other clothes or anything. It's just... It's just permanently the suit, and he can put it in a trunk. He can take it off like a regular suit, and he can put it in a trunk and store it there and and put it back on whenever he wants like a normal suit. In the last minute, we saw him take the mask off like it was just his regular mask. It worked exactly the same as it always did. Mm-hmm. So which is it? Is it is the suit – is the symbiote so good at aping – fabric aping the costume that it, it can like just turn itself into one of the suits like an, an inert like costume it's like the toys in toy story you know where it's like when you're not looking at it it'll move around and stuff but like when it knows peter's attending to it, it is a physical fabric thing with zippers somehow it's so well, weird. i don't know i think yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it ties into the whole the, the the whole thing that you've been talking about in the past. That it's just the symbiote goes unexplained, and this is just part <laughs> of the unexplanation of of the symbiote. You know, I mean, it clearly has bonded with the suit, as opposed to trying to bond with Peter or in the comics where it is literally is the suit. It seems to have become one with Peter's suit, basically. Yeah, I think the only way to like uh, get around this, like headcanon wise, is. If this Peter Parker in the intervening period between Spider-Man 2 and 3 has finally gotten to the point of having to repair his suit from these horrible things that happened to him twice now, you know what? Maybe I'll have more than one suit so that he's got a go-to red and blue suit and a backup red and blue suit. And one of them he was wearing when the symbiote glommed onto him and it is bonded with the physical fabric suit. Yeah. So that he can take it off and put that in a in a in a trunk or whatever, and there's still another red suit, and he's another separate 
thing from it. But if we do that, uh, we're still back to this point where where did this sample of the symbiote come right. from? Yep. Exactly. So uh, it, it's it's like both things and also neither thing. And it, it, it they don't spend any time explaining any of it. And honestly, they don't explain really anything with this symbiote. We don't understand his relationship to it. We don't understand exactly what it does to his powers. We don't understand much of anything, which is so bizarre <laughs> because it, it's it's kind of the crux of this movie. And yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I firmly believe, as we've been saying, he should have gotten the suit right away. Like it should have yeah. it should have happened within the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie, certainly before the Spider-Man parade. Um, yeah. and, and it should have just been aping the red and blue suit and, t- and then didn't turn black until now. Um, but it, it should have always been there so that at least like we, we can get a sense of its relationship to Peter a little bit more. We can get a sense of what it's doing to him. And then maybe the escalation to uh, silly douchebag territory doesn't <laughs> happen so quickly. Um, yeah. so that it, it's a little more gradual. And, and so by the time we get there, we've sort of built to that and maybe it wouldn't have been so jarring for people. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I just, well, I think it was a mistake not bringing it in until minute 65. Especially because we established the symbiote itself in minute 10. Right. You know, right. like, so it's have, just sitting we, around for 50 minutes. Right. That's yeah. why I started chanting under my breath to my wife in the theater. Where's the, I thought the black suit? Where is the black suit? I thought this was the story we're telling. And it, it is. It's the only, like, uh, as, as you've said before, Scott, it's the only, like, real antagonist in the film. It's the main thing we're supposed to be dealing with. It's just bizarre that there is a, like, 20-minute gap where we don't have anything with the suit, with the symbiote. And then what we do have of it after that 20-minute gap is just a shot of it slinking around in the apartment and then nothing happens of that for another 30 or 40 minutes. And then we have this. It's yeah. Maybe a solid hour of the movie without the antagonist, even though we already set it up at minute 10. Yeah. Weird. Really weird. Genuinely weird. Really weird. The the problem's not the ideas. It's the execution. Right. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. Like I view this movie, like I view, the Star Wars prequels, like I really do like this movie. I know I've been goofing on it, but it's just it's it's I like that, but just the wasted potential. It could have been so much more. It's the same thing as the yeah. Star Wars prequels to me. You know, the idea was great, and I still do enjoy them, but the execution just was not at the level that it could have been. Yeah, and I think it's even closer to being fully functional than the prequels are. Uh, you know, strong ideas and not perfect execution still lands you in these awkward beats with things like the, uh, you know, changing the uncle Ben backstory and the timing of the the symbiote stuff. You know, those are, those are big enough issues that I get why they take people out of the movie, but it's not as if most of the film is hugely off the mark. Mm -hmm. It's just a bit off the mark enough times and in weird ways but it doesn't mean that everything is garbage and needs to be thrown away. I, I get frustrated with this movie because it's close to being great, right. not because it's super far from right. it. Right, right. I mean, why, if you're going to wait for him to, to actually have the black suit until now, why mm-hmm. introduce it in minute 10? Why not it just introduce it like 
you know, after he sends Mary Jane off and he's and you get the sense that like, okay, Peter is obviously going to be a grumpy Gus about this and is not going to let anybody in. And she just says the line about like, you know, everybody needs help sometimes, even Spider-Man. And then he help. He closes her. No, he just. Yeah. Well, he just he closes the door and then he turns on the, the, the police scanner, gets frustrated because nothing happens. And then just puts on his suit, jumps out the window and decides to just go on patrol. And then while he's on patrol, he sees an explosion in the distance, goes to investigate it, thinking it might be Sandman. And it ends up being the symbiote. (sighs) Yeah. Like, like what, what, like what purpose was introducing it in minute 10? What did that do for us? Nothing. Because yeah. we just wasted all of that leeway. We didn't use any of it to introduce the symbiote. So why did we introduce it there? If you're just going to introduce the suit here, then just introduce the symbiote here. Like, introduce all of it here. If this is what you're going to do, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah. No, either approach is stronger than the one that happened. Yeah. Like, either have a longer relationship with the symbiote where we develop over time the idea that it's been like poisoning his approach and that, Ugh. you know, when, when he's getting all screwy, either do that <laughs> or introduce it later. What was that? Another idea. Yeah, Here well, it is. No, what? I was just thinking, I was just thinking like, okay, you, like if he had gotten it earlier, right? Like this movie is like literally about him pushing everyone he loves away. Right. Yeah. For, for the sake of revenge. I mean, that's, that's essentially what this story is. And, he like why would you not have that begin with the symbiote and that's how you build the relationship is like he's like the bad influence friend like yeah and and it's like it's like i you know the person that like isolates you from from the rest of your loved ones and it's like it's like oh now he has no one else but the symbiote and that's exactly what the symbiote wants give me that come on I don't know. Come on, movie. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I think I think part of the issue is that Sam Raimi didn't didn't it, it, he doesn't seem to understand that the symbiote is a character. I mean, neither does I. I mean, I I, I don't want to put it solely on him because obviously there was mm. writers here, um, but like obviously he didn't, his brother didn't, and Alvin Sargent didn't. Like none of them understand that the symbiote itself is a character. Uh, because mm-hmm. like, like we said, I mean, we have this whole theory about it being a baby because that's all it does is it just like runs, runs back to daddy and it screams like that's all it does. Right. <laughs> um, like that's kind of its only personality. So like, I think that's a big part of the issue is that they weren't considering it a real character. They were kind of considering it almost like a natural event or something like a, just like an animal, yeah. like just like a thing. And yeah. and if you had treated it like a character that was poisoning his life because it wanted Peter to depend on it the way that it depends on Peter yeah. to survive, like that is a better way to tell this story, and and it's certainly more comics accurate. And it's yeah. just uh, you know it's frustrating because later in this story, when Peter warns Eddie. Like, don't you're letting it control you. Don't let it control you. And he's like, oh, I like it. We don't get us. We don't really have an understanding of what the difference is. 
mm-hmm. you know, other than it's just like, yeah. I mean, Eddie does seem like the kind of guy who would like hitting women. So I guess that's, <laughs> I guess that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Don't Cause you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't, Ugh. you never get a sense of like what it's doing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, say, say what you will about the Venom movie, at least pretty much all of the joys inherent in that film come from really understanding that the symbiote is another character, right? you know, and, and like finding interesting things to do with that. Almost nothing else has to make sense. And the movie will still be interesting if you get that like dynamic, but it's completely absent from this take on the character. This is sort of a side. Oh, sorry. This is sort of a side thing, but when I was looking up all of this, like behind the scenes stuff about how they built the, the black suit and the venom suit, I found the weirdest thing from a version of that. will ha- it's a thing that happens later in the movie, but I don't think it's relevant then just that they built a version of the venom symbiote animatronic that had like a human skull and spine and stuff in it. Ugh. So that like when Peter went to like pull Eddie out of the, thing at the end it was too late eddie was like just a skeleton at that point because the the symbiote had completely consumed him yeah completely bonded yeah yeah completely bonded and like a bizarre but like b that at least feels like some sort of thematic through line about you know the the dangers of giving yourself over to this mindset but it still is treating the thing as if it's like a natural event disease type thing that just eats you away at you instead of like a character that's antagonizing Peter right. or a mindless amoeba or something yeah right. yeah that you would have Eddie's bleached skull like tumble out of the thing oh at the God. end of the movie like <laughs> what on earth yeah I well, they, they they ended up removing that because they were planning on doing a spinoff a Venom spinoff uh, oh okay with, uh, yeah with Topher Grace um, yeah, it was just wild. It was all these like props and like different versions of the Venom suit, and one of it is like, yeah. By the way, here's Eddie Brock's skull. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Yikes. Uh, um, so this. Okay. Okay. So so um, after this sequence, which we do, we get the cool bit where he like puts the symbiote in a cup, which is uh, I you know like a spider. Yeah, I like it. I like it like kind of jumping around, and I also like Toby's. Uh, expression he kind of is like smiling like he almost like he thinks it's cute you know <laughs> yeah um I, I i really like that uh it's it's some good acting on on toby mcguire to like kind of you get the sense that like oh yeah no he really does like this thing um yeah and i he has warm feelings toward it uh which i which i really like it like um it's sort of like you know that thing that uh, that cats have, where um, they can they can they can basically like if you like they have um oh they yeah have like a, they have like a yeah. chemical that like makes you the crazy cat person like the person that like really really loves cats. I should know I'm one of these people, um, and <laughs> and yeah they they have a chemical that they they poison you with, and uh, as a result of it you 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 like cats like a lot it's something they do to their prey to make them seem less threatening <laughs> to them and they use it on humans to basically hypnotize them into uh being their masters um i it's all it's it yeah it's a whole thing wait, hold, hold, wait a minute i'm looking at my cat right now as you're saying this who's sleeping about 10 feet away from me i, I have <laughs> never heard this before oh yeah this is a real thing uh and Whoa. and you've definitely got it so 
Um, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing you can do about that. If you've ever been bitten or 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 uh, bitten or um, scratched by a cat, like you get it. Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. It's a thing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's a thing. Um, yeah. Or like in a in a in a grosser way, like you know that one fungus that like infects ants and then like makes their brains want to go to high places, so the ants will get like eaten by birds that will spread the fungus. Oh, like yeah. it hijacks the system. You know, it's like oh the. Uh, I thought I was making my own choices and I'm really into this stuff now. I guess I'm going to do something that's dangerous for me. And like that bit where like Dr. Connors has to point out to uh, Peter that, you know, maybe don't get a unknown alien life form on you. And he's like, why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that a dangerous thing? I, no, it seems great. Like that, that normally decently smart Peter, even though he's an absolute moron in terms of relationships, Normally, he would be, you would think he would have a little bit of like guarded approach to this stuff, but he's just totally like, oh, why, why is that a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> like, he's already infected. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so that's, uh, that's, uh, that's that. Uh, we go back to, uh, Peter's apartment and, um, you know, he leaves the, uh, the police scanner on. And as soon as he walks through the door in typical, uh, movie fashion, <laughs> he immediately hears the thing that he's been waiting for. Uh, now, now here's my here's my question here. Okay, what time did he fall asleep? When was he jumping around the city in the symbiote suit? What time is it when he's at on campus with Dr. Connors? And now, what time is it now? Um. Yeah, this is going to be another one of those things where he's like. Messing with Aunt May at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, there's so, no way it's not. There's no way because it was already dark when he went unless, to sleep. Yeah. Unless he, the, the the stuff from yesterday's minute was one night, and then he runs around all night and he's exhausted, sleeps all day, and this is now the next night. Maybe. Maybe. Like he contacted yeah. Connors, and Connors like, all right, you know, come see me at you know six o'clock later today or something like that. Yeah. After all my classes are done. Yeah come by yeah all right maybe that's the only way it's it's not really structured that way that's been a weird running thing in this movie where it just kind of feels like there's no breaks in the day yeah <laughs> like ever <laughs> like it just uh, things keep happening we gotta keep moving and wait how much time has passed wait was this was the the thing where she got fired right before the the thing where we go to the parade was that there's the suit thing right before he talks to Kirk Connors. Like there's not a lot of um, time check marks, I guess. Right. I don't know if that's a phrase, right. but it's weird. Um, um, so he hears on the, uh, on the police scanner that there's a bank robbery in progress with an incoming sandstorm, um, which uh, two questions. Uh, okay. W- uh, one, <laughs> who's robbing the bank if the sandstorm is on its way? You know, maybe he just maybe he didn't rob the bank. He just hijacked another bank robbery. (laughs) Yeah, he just took the bank. I got all this money. (laughs) Oh no, you don't. (laughs) He's just like drifting through the sky, like, oh wow, that's lucky. (laughs) There's some guy running from a bank. Look at all that money he's got. I guess that's mine now. So weird. 
Um, yeah. But then uh, we get we get this uh, this closet shot of the the red and blue suit. Um, the blue looking very black in this uh, particular shot. Um, it's very yeah, dark. Super dark. Very dark looking. Uh, are these are these prop suits or are these the actual suits on a hanger? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, like, Can like, you... meaning, like, did they build this as like a suit to just hang on a hanger and not for anyone to wear? Oh, I think this is one of the uh, reveal suits without the attached mask. Okay, uh, but yeah, but that is what they look like when they come off of the body because you can sort of see that the uh, um, the foam latex for the emblem and the uh, the webs don't stretch at the same rate as the fabric, right. so they're they're only glued at the intersections. So you can sort of see the, the, um, the chest spider wrinkled up a bit. Yeah. It looks weird because, the chest spider. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Cause all of the fabric retracted cause it's not on a body anymore, but the, the, the chest spider is meant to lay flat. Hmm. So it, it sort of wrinkles up like that. Um, I fear, I think if they were going to build a thing specifically for this type of shot, they would have made a more, um, flattened version. Right. I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get, uh, we get the shot of the black suit in the, uh, in the trunk in, in pieces. Yeah. It's not even a single piece. <laughs> There's bits. Yeah. How are the pieces communicating? Black suit separate. I mean, I guess it can. <laughs> yeah. Black suits. It does. It does kind of make me want to like get a trunk like that. Yeah. To put Spidey suits in. You already have know. a trunk for all your swords, one. Zach. I know, but like, wouldn't that be cool too? It would be like, cool. <laughs> You're right. It would be cool. <laughs> my uh, my only dumb question about the scene uh, in the uh, apartment is that when Toby comes in and and hears the the scanner, just walks in all casually, he he just closes the door behind him, and he has no problems whatsoever. <laughs> the door, the door's fine. I I guess it got fixed. Hmm. That's my only. <laughs> it's time for him to pay his rent then. Yeah, I guess, you know, there's no problem with this door now. Great. We solved it. Good. Wouldn't, he wouldn't, should be wouldn't happy. that have been great if you were like, and fix that damn door? And he's like, I did. You didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> You're being selfish. You don't notice what I do for you. Oh, boy. My, yeah. my only oh. thing from him walking in is, you know, he hears the thing about the sandstorm. He goes, Marco. It's just like, you know, just one of those things that a movie's throwing just to remind you in case you forgot. That the Sandman is in this movie in the past ten minutes. Oh yeah, right. That's Marco. He sees the sand. <laughs> that's his name. Yeah, people use names way more in movies than in real life. Just like generally, you know. Yeah. Like calling their best friend Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Harry. When we were trying out for the basketball team. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is a weird section of the movie. It's fun though. I'm having fun watching yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> for sure. I just feel like the bizarre questions are really stacking up at this point. Yeah, it's all. It, it, I feel like it's all symbiote-related questions, though, more than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, I think that's all we got for this one. I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I did. I I did was uh, if I if I could. I did want to just call very quickly uh, back in mm-hmm. Connor's lab that the the blackboard's completely covered in the complex equations and everything, and and all of his writing. I just. All I could think of was set decorator's nightmare. Oh, yeah. Someone, oh, right. someone had to sit there and actually write all of that in nice, neat, legible writing for this shot. Yeah. 
I uh, there there was a scene on a, a TV show I was working on earlier this year that had a a whiteboard with like a bracket on it, like a tournament bracket, and it had to be filled out in different ways during the scene, and then we'd have to return to it later where more of it was filled out. So there was like one art department girl there who had a row of these giant whiteboards, you know, because they the type that you could roll in and roll out, and she must have had like ten of them. Because each one had like a different amount. Like, like these three have this certain amount on it. These three have more on it. And these, you know, as you go down further. So that we could reset for each take. But also later in this. It, like writing on things just like makes headaches, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> can only imagine. Yeah, at, at least that's only one set, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah, getting in there with like a ladder or something. Yeah. I don't well, know. no, yeah. you, you slide the chalkboards all down. They, 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 oh, that's how yeah, it works. They slide all around. Yeah. yeah. Well, They're built good. like that. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Professors in the middle of their class just like pull out a ladder and <laughs> I guess, I don't know. <laughs> class sizes were capped at 25 where I went to college. So I never was in a big, <laughs> all right, liberal big place arts. Like this. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all right. I think that about wraps us up here. Uh, guys, uh, if you're, if you're in the market for new t-shirts or coffee mugs or, sweatshirts or that sort of thing uh, duelinggenre.com slash merch is the way, place to go uh, go there visit our Tee Public store and you can buy anything in our store or anywhere in Tee Public uh, and we will get a cut of that and we appreciate everyone who does it that's duelinggenre.com slash merch and we will be back tomorrow with Minute 68 bye everybody bye bye